Hey guys, uh, I'm really excited to be here. Guys, let's give it up for the band, honestly. Like, they, they did a great job. I know, like, I, I, I just enjoyed right now worship, enjoyed being there and listening and remembering that we have a God, we have a Father that He makes darkness tremble, right? He makes that. Like, as a little kid, like, we have a little two-year-old, he's scared of the dark, you know, and, and we have a God that is like, <laughs> like, it's, that's got nothing on me. Um, guys, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Frank. I am the college and young adult minister here at Calvary. That means I get to work with college students, I get to work with young professionals, and I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to just share, and I know Eli invited me to, to talk about this. We're talking about love, we're talking about dating. I love talking about love. I love talking about dating. And, and, and then I get to do the sex talk, literally. Like, it, Eli was like, you're going to talk, and we're going to be talking about sex. And I was like, great. Uh, well, that's just awkward. So like, hey, I'm Frankie. We're going to talk about sex. It just got awkward, okay? Um, have you guys ever wanted to buy something, but you're like, okay, I'm not going to buy this until I try it, right? Like, you go to a store, you go to Target, you know, and I know that like, for my ladies, the, the, the changing rooms are closed and like it's chaos, but you go and usually before COVID, you try on your clothes, you try on if it fits well, and if you like it, you take it. You know, we live in, in a society where that's kind of our normal. You know, if you want to try Netflix, if you want to try Disney Plus, you have a 14-day free trial, you know, and if you like it. Most of you are like, I don't even know about that. My parents for, for that. Well, guess what? In a couple of years, you're going to be paying for that. But if you like it, like you, you, you keep paying for it. You know, on Amazon, they have something where you can actually shop for clothes and you kind of look at the style and they'll even tell you like, what's your style? And they'll like give you options and they'll like dress you and you can order them and they arrive and you can try them out. And if you like them, you keep them and you pay for them. If you don't like them, you just return it. Um, and I think the biggest thing that we try before we buy is when we, we become older, you know, when we're 17, 18, we're starting to buy a car, or mom and dad is going to take us to buy a car, you know, and, and the first thing that we're going to go do is do a test drive, right? It's fun. You get into the car. You, like, it smells new, uh, even though it might be old, but it still smells new. I don't know what they do to make it smell new, but it smells new. Uh, you get on it. And you drive it around the block, you drive it on the expressway, if you're not terrified of the expressway yet, you know, you, you feel if it turns well, if it handles well, and, and if you like it, then you buy it, right? You try it before you buy it. Um, I have a friend, and, and he was sharing this story with, with us one time, that he buys and sells things, you know, he's like one of those, like, I don't know, buy and resell persons on, like, Facebook market and Craigslist. And what he was doing is, <laughs> a little two-year-old that wants to buy and try everything right now. But what he was doing is he saw a nice car on Craigslist. He was like, wow, this looks great. It looks like it has a good deal. It looks like it's good mileage. You know what? I'm going to call the guy. I'm going to go test drive it. So he goes. He meets up with the guy that's selling it. They meet in this parking lot. He tries it out around the block. It's great. It's just a great deal on this great car. He's like, you want to sell it? Yeah, he sells it, signs it, shows him the ID. They change titles. He owns the car now. He drives off in it. And, and it's a great, it's a great buy. About, about a month later, he tells us that he gets a call 
from his wife. And he's like, uh, hun, like there is two police officers outside of our house and they're asking questions about this car. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, so he goes, gets to the house and the police officers inform him that the car is stolen. They inform him that the guy that sold that car to him, that he was using a fake ID and what he did is that he gave him a check that never cashed, and he just took it, and they've been looking for this car that was stolen, so that this car that he bought is a stolen car. You know, so pretty much what ended up happening is that he paid, I think, like seven, eight thousand dollars for it, and he just saw this tow truck come in and take the car away, and it's just like goodbye, seven thousand uh, dollars. And the reason why is because this guy that sold him the car, he never had the right to sell that car to him. He didn't own it. Today we're going to be talking about sex and, and the biggest problem about that is that our bodies and sex is not something that we own. It belongs to God. So we don't have that right to give it away and to give it to people how they say we have to follow and do what God says about sex, to do what God says about our bodies. So I'm going to invite you guys to go to 1 Corinthians 6, um, and we're going to be looking at this. We're going to be looking at, at three things. We're going to be looking at the purpose of sex, we're going to be looking at the power of sexual sin, and we're going to be looking at the price of healing. Um, and, and I'll just jump in, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12 uh, a little bit of context, you know, Paul is writing to this church that is found in Corinthian, in Corinth, the city over there. And one of the big things about that city is that they had these temples to these other gods that were not Yahweh, they were not God. And in order for people to go and worship some of these gods, there was a temple to the god Aphrodite. And in order to worship that god, you had to have sex with these prostitutes in the temple. That was the custom, that was what they were taught back then. So Paul is writing to a church that is found in this city. You know, at the same time, there was another group of people that were saying like, heck, heck no, that's completely the opposite. Sex is physical and it's not spiritual. There's no spiritual or physical connection to it. So in fact, only the spiritual is good. So you guys shouldn't have sex. And, And there's these two conflicting Ideas are saying, just go have sex. It doesn't matter. Don't have sex. And God and Paul is saying like, hey, like God created sex, but it has to be within his design. So 1 Corinthians 6, 12, it says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So pretty much it's saying, even though it's allowed, it doesn't mean it's good. Even though I can do it, it doesn't mean I can't stop doing it. Okay, verse 13. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So pretty much he's saying like, hey, like food, you can eat whatever food you want. But it doesn't mean that you should eat whatever food you want. You know, if you eat too much, if you eat the wrong things, it can kill you. Verse 14, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is written, the two will become one flesh. 
But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Um, and he becomes one spirit with him. So pretty much here, Paul is grabbing these two ideas of sex is just physical and you can do it and there's no consequences or sex is not spiritual and you shouldn't have sex. And he's saying like, hey, like it's both physical, it's both spiritual. They're united, they're one. And that before you go and do something with your body, you know, you should create, you should consult with the creator of your body on what you should do with it. So we're going to be looking at that. So number one, the purpose of sex. Uh, and guys, I'm going to say the word a lot. If you're younger, I'm sorry. Just don't turn on Netflix after you go watch this today. Anyways, uh, if you want to learn about how something works, what's the first thing you do? You, you go and you talk to the person that created that. You know, for example, I have this iPhone right here. I can't do that anymore, but if I wanted to learn how this worked, from the very beginning, I would have gone and spoken to Steve Jobs and his team. You know, when it comes to sex, we see in Genesis 2, you know, God is the creator of it. You know, and, and, and what happens is that we go to everybody else and every other thing, and, they, and we get the advice from them, and we ignore what the creator and what his design and what his purpose is for that. You know, so the purpose of sex is really simple, guys, and, and we're going to go through it. it. It's to make life, and it's to bond with each other. That's, that's as simple as that. You know, obviously, if you guys don't know, I'm going to give you guys Biology 101. When a mama and a dad bear have sex, they make baby bears. Uh, like, boom, mind blown, boom, you can pass your star test in a couple weeks. Um, Guys, like that's, the, like that's one of the purposes. And it's also so the people that are having sex come closer together and just become one with each other. It says it there on verse, um, I think it's verse 15. Verse 16, the two will become one flesh. It says it in Genesis also. You know, Adam and Eve became one. I have this cool little duct tape right here. You know, when, whenever, whenever we have sex, like... Like, literally, like, they, they become one. It's, it's like they become adhesive with each other. You know, like, boom, I just blew your brains out. That's like $20 magic trick right there. Um, and it's true. You know, I have my wife, and I love my wife, and it's just been able to experience these moments of deep intimacy with her because of what God's designed for it. You know, but it's within marriage. It's not outside of marriage. It's not with and whoever I want. And that's what brings destruction to, to a relationship. You know, when, when we go outside of God's design for sex and God's purpose for sex, you know, that's when we begin to see, like, just how it, it just begins to mess up. And I don't even think I can take this apart. Like, it's, it's, it's like, I can't do it. I'm too weak. Uh, like honestly, like it, it, it just it's supposed to be bound together, and what ends up happening is that it, it doesn't even break well. It, it breaks like in pieces, and and God doesn't want that. He was very intentional in His creation for that. That's why He said sex is for man and woman in marriage, because He knew of the effects. He knew of the bond that it was going to create. Um. You know, God's purpose for sex is to bond the husband and the wife to each other, to become closer. You know, it's also to bring life. 
You know, obviously those are the two things. It's pleasurable. I'm not going to lie. You know, if God didn't make sex pleasurable, then no one would have kids. We would die. Uh, the population on earth would stop. You know, but what happens is that we live in a world that says, like, no, sex is all about pleasure, and we're going to remove the bondness. We're going to remove the connection with each other, and we're also going to remove life. You know, and they're distorting what God says about it. And it's important that we understand what the purpose of it. Uh, verse 18, we'll continue. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But, sexual, but the sexual immoral person sits against his own body. Against his own body. And, and, and real quick, it's, it's pretty much it's saying flee from it. You know, all Thanos, like run from it. Uh, all sin has a cost, but when it comes to sexual immorality, when it comes to sex, it's one of those things that just kind of carries a higher, a higher cost. Just honestly, it carries the higher consequences at time. It's against us. It's against our own body. You know, so when we're talking about sexual immorality, it's, it's talking about sex outside of marriage. It's talking about porn. It's talking about masturbation. It's talking about sexting. That's what it's talking about. Sex outside of God's design for it. Um, boom. Uh, phone drop, whatever. And it affects us, guys. It affects us emotionally, physically, mentally, and, and psychologically. Oh, or spiritually, I'm sorry. You know, emotionally, we begin to compare we begin to think if you're a girl and you had sex with someone and then they break up with you, am I not good enough? You know, uh, if you're a guy and you had sex with multiple people, you begin to compare and see how they are. If, if physically, you know, you can get a literal disease from it, you can get an STD, you know, you can get pregnant. That's the physical consequence of sex. I'm not saying babies are bad, it's just science and that's what happens to people when they have sex, they make babies. Um, Mentally, you know, we begin to rewire our brain when we're in sexual immorality. You know, for, for example, like I know, I know pornography is, is just like a big deal right now. And I have, this, I have this magazine, and obviously, like, it's just a people's magazine, guys. It's not a porn magazine. Uh, like, obviously, you guys don't do this or see these things anymore, right? Like, you're like, what is a magazine? You really see a phone, right? And that's kind of like your introduction to to pornography for most of, of us in this room. Uh, but what happens is that we, we begin to just kind of like stick to, to the images or, or, or the pages and it just like, we rip it out, you know, and we just become addicted to it. And, and, and then we begin to rewire our brain and we begin to think of like, of, of how we see women, of how women think they should be seen. We begin to think of like, why do I need to do all this work in the marriage or in the relationship where I can get instant gratification through a screen? And it just begins to distort our reality, begins to rewire our brains because we're not following God's design for sex because these are consequences from sexual immorality. You know, uh, the, the last one is spiritual. We talked a little bit about it. It says that the two become one. Um, I, I know, like, that's kind of like deep. It's almost saying like, you, when you have sex with someone, you become one with the person and then you go have sex with someone else and then you become one with that other person, but you're also carrying some of that other person. 
And it just goes on and on. And God's design was not like that. Why? Because his design was perfect. And his design knew what we needed to protect marriage, knew what we needed to protect ourselves, knew what we needed to protect our emotional and our mental. Thank you. The way and the consequences of that, like it affects us and it'll affect you now and it'll affect you in 10 years when you get married. Um, and, and honestly, there's recovery. There's ways to fight it, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. And, and it kind of leads to the last point, point number three, the price of healing. And it says, on verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you, ha- whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So I want you guys to look at, at your bodies. Like, look, look at them. Guys, don't look at the girls. Look at your bodies. Focus. Uh, you know, this body that you have is not yours. You know, it's shocking, right? We're taught that, like, it was my body, my choice. No, it's not your body. It's actually God's body. And that body has been loaned to you. You know, and it's really important that we begin to understand and we begin to see that, that, you know, like it was, it's actually a body that has been paid with and it's been paid with a price. And that price was Jesus. So we begin to see our bodies. Then we begin to see like, okay, like if this is not my body and it's actually God's body that he lent to me, then the way I give or I use my body or people want to use my body, then I should consult with the creator of my body. I should run it by him first. So like, it's, it's almost like a, like if you want like an ultimate bus kill, like if you're dating someone and you're like, hey, like let's go to the movies, you know, and like whatever happens, happens, right? Like if we're holding hands and we start making out, like, hey, it happens. And you can be like, you know what? Let's pray to Jesus first and see what he says about this. It's like, okay, bus kill, awkward. Uh, but that's how it is. You know, you would never lend a PlayStation 5 that someone lent to you to someone else. Well, first of all, it's super impossible to get a PlayStation 5, so if you have one, let me know. But no, like you would never lend that to someone else because it's not yours. You would consult the owner of it. You know, same thing with our bodies. We won't give and we won't lend to someone else because if it's going against God's design and God's purpose for it, you know, we should really consult with him. Um... The price that God paid for your body is Jesus. The price that you pay for healing when it comes to sexual immorality is purity and pursuing Jesus with everything that you have. You know, and and just to wrap it up, I, I love it. It says, so glorify God in your body. That is the purpose of our bodies. It's to glorify him. You know, in sex, we glorify God. We worship God. In marriage, that's how we glorify God. Um... I know a lot of us, we might be struggling, we might be going through, through addictions, we might be going through just sh- a shame, like feel ashamed of ourselves, and, and, and we might feel like, man, like, I feel ashamed, I feel broken because I'm struggling with porn, I'm having sex with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, or they're touching me in ways that like, whatever, you know, I, I was in junior high when I started experiencing those, those things, you know, it's not, I'm not excluded from that, I'm not like, wow, like a ho- holy, holy Frankie, like, no. I know what you went through. And 
and like, even though we feel ashamed and we feel broken, if you look around, we're full of broken people. We're full of people that God comes and he paid that price for each and every one of us. So when, if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling with sexual immorality, like, seek help. You know, we're going to go to C groups. We're going to talk about some questions. And honestly, like, if you're like, hey, like, I struggle with porn. I look at it every, every day, every other day, whatever. You know, let your C group leader know, you know, and, and, and work together to set some boundaries, set some control for that. You know, if, if you're struggling and being sexually active with a guy that you're dating or a girl, like, let someone else know, a leader that loves you and can help you. And you'll probably have to break up and go through a moment of just healing, you know. But just because you're going through that and just because you've experienced it doesn't mean you're worth less to God. And I want you guys to know that. So let's pray and then we'll have some announcements. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for, thank you for just showing up, Lord. Thank you for letting us know that these difficult conversations, these awkward conversations, I feel like the awkward dad up here, um, they're important. That maybe we didn't know that, that porn was bad, or maybe we didn't know that having sex outside of marriage was not normal because we see that from our parents, or we see that from an older brother or an older sibling. But we know that that you tell us that you have a perfect plan, that you have this perfect guide, guides for us, Lord, that, that you'll help us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the students here, Lord. Just bless them. I pray for them that if they're struggling with anything, that they can confess and that they can confess it to others, Lord, and, and that you can help them go through recovery, Lord. I pray for everyone here, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.